How we doing this morning? Good. Football's back? Is that good? Niners look good. Niners look good. Cowboys look good too. And the Raiders are still the Raiders. It's okay, I'm a Broncos fan, so. Okay, okay, all right, everybody. Let's talk about Jesus now, okay? We're, uh, we're continuing our series, How to Trust. Um, and last week, Dan did a phenomenal job on walking us through, how do I trust the word of God? How do I trust scripture? How do I trust the Bible? And today, I'm talking about a subject that hopefully will stretch us and make us think about things we haven't maybe thought about in a while. And today, I'm gonna talk about how do we trust leadership? How do we trust leadership? And we're gonna talk about two main categories this morning. First, we're gonna discuss how do I trust the leadership of Christ in my life? How do I, as a Christ follower, fully submit and trust Christ's leadership over my life? And how do I trust leadership? How do I submit to leadership in the world today? Now I know the moment I talked about leadership, our ideas went everywhere. We thought of people, we thought of things, and because it's interesting, this idea of earthly human leadership is there is so much there. There's amazing leaders out there, isn't there? There is people who are just amazing leaders, and there's some not so great, you know. <laughs> uh, there, there's some who have made bad decisions, and there's some who have made great decisions. There's some who failed when they said they wouldn't, and there's some who have, uh, you know, succeeded even amidst their personal failures. It, it, leadership is hard, and what do I do as a Christian in that? The the leadership bubble, all the stuff that goes along with it, so big. Like I said, people fail, and as I was preparing for this this week, it was almost like I was going through and I was getting a reel of all my failures as a leader, you know? It wasn't fun. It was a long movie. Um, you know, but I, I, one just came across my head, and I thought, you know, I'm going to be transparent with a failure of mine and, and just, like, talk to you guys and share, and then, you know, we can go on with the rest of the sermon because I thought it was important. But leadership's hard. And I remember once when I was coming out of college, when I was in college, you know, if you would have seen me in college, you said, okay, Shane, one day you're going to be up on a stage talking about Jesus, we both would have laughed. You know, it was interesting, last service, there's, a, there's someone who actually went to college with me that attends the nine. And I saw her walk in, I said, I can't believe she comes here. Yeah, and uh, it's just because Christ has done just so much in my life. But in about two years into college, I get radically saved. And Christ just transforms my life and, you know, like flips my way of thinking about everything. And I get thrown into ministry really quick, really quick. I, I don't have this like, like long, like from salvation on ramp into ministry. I'm just kind of like, here's the deep end, you know. And I remember I was preaching one of my first sermons. And I was preaching to, you know, a huge congregation of five teenagers. And I was so nervous because I know it's hard to believe. I actually d didn't like like public speaking. I got nervous and sweaty and like, ah. You know, I, I just was so nervously in this and I was preaching to this group on idol worship. Idol worship. And, and I preached what in my opinion was the greatest sermon ever preached. 
I, 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 mean, I was just like, yes, knocked it out of the park. I was preaching on these things that, that when you have things in your life that you spend more time with than God, you're worshiping idols. And I was just preaching and I was like, they, everybody's crying, you know, and they weren't crying, but that's how I saw it in my mind. And I, I got to the end, and I'm like, yes, I killed it. I'm a great leader. I did the right thing, right? I preached the, the right thing. And I went home, and like two hours later, my phone just starts ringing like crazy. And I'm answering the first one. I answer, and it's a mom of one of the kids. And she says, tell me why my son came home today and smashed his brand new iPad I just got him for Christmas. Another phone ring. Hey, tell me why my son threw his Xbox into the bathtub with water in it. And I said, well, they didn't want to worship idols anymore. <laughs> you know, it's even like, I'll tell you, it was a failure. I, I, I convinced these five kids that they had anything in their life. They had to get rid of it. You know, they were sleeping with no blankets on, nothing. They were just like, suffering for Jesus. And, you know, and I'm like, it was great. It was right. I was preaching a biblical principle. But was there some failures in that? Should I, should I? And so what I'm saying this is that when it comes to leadership, we have to acknowledge that we live in an imperfect world and people are not perfect. Amen? But we serve a Christ Jesus who is perfect. And leadership's interesting because, and trust is interesting because from the very beginning of time, the enemy has been trying to sow distrust. It's one of his ultimate tools. From the very beginning, when you read scripture, you will see one of the enemy's main goals is to sow distrust between God and his people and the people of God amongst each other. He, he, he loves to maneuver and, and to cause distrust in people. I mean, even when you read Genesis 3, Starts in verse one, it says this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from, the, uh, from any of the trees in the garden? Did God really say that? I mean, this is one of the, like, the enemy's biggest weapons here. Did you hear that right? Did God really say that? Did you read that piece of scripture right or did, did you not? Did you, did you, their conversation with that person, did they really say what that or not? And the, the truth is, he's doing this to the woman, what's gonna cause the fall of humanity, but it doesn't stop there. He uses this scheme a whole lot today. He uses it in marriages to cause dissension and trust. Did they really mean what they said when they said those vows? Did they really mean what they said when they said they were going to change? Did they really mean that they said when they said they love you? Dissension, he'll weave in. It's in our work relationships and our employment. Does your boss really mean what they say? Do you really believe in this and even this in the church? He'll do this in the church. Do you really believe what he's preaching on? Do you really believe that they're, they're, they're trustworthy? Do you really believe these things that he will stir and stir and stir? One of his ultimate goals is not just to, to kill us or to maim us, it's just to sow this distrust because it spreads. 
And then if you read Genesis, as it continues to read on, it says this in verse 2. She responds right here. Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And then listen, this next word. You won't die. That's the response. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened and as soon as you eat it, you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. You won't die. See, I, this, this passage is so eye-opening and convicting to me as a follower of Christ because when I read it, I see myself in it. She responds so convinced. No, we can eat from the trees. God just said not this one. God, God said that. He didn't, say all the, he didn't say all the other stuff you say. He just said this one. And he said, if we eat it, we're going to die. And you can almost hear there, I believed him. And then he says, what? You won't die. And then one of the most convicting passages for me in Scripture is the next verse. It says this. The woman was what? Convinced. Man. The woman was convinced. This stirs in me so much deep dive into my life to evaluate, is there things in my life that I have been convinced about that aren't true, that, that aren't real? Is there views of how I view the world that aren't of God that I've been convinced about? Is there ways that I treat people or I react to people that, that aren't how Christ calls me to? I've just been convinced the other way. We have to ask ourselves these things, and when it comes to leadership, if the enemy's key, his, one of his key things he likes to do is to sow distrust. Is there areas in our life where maybe we've just been convinced? Maybe we've just been convinced. And we should deep dive into Jesus and say, okay, reveal to me that there's areas in my life that maybe I'm believing a lie. Maybe I'm not acting like you want me to. Like I said, we're gonna have two focuses here. First is this. First is this, we're gonna focus on Jesus and us, our submission to his leadership over our life. Why should we do that? And the second, we're gonna talk about humanity, what we do with leadership today. In studying for today's message, I did a lot of just study on, on leadership and I, I read a lot of blogs and a lot of articles and everybody has different opinions on leadership and what makes a great leader a leader in the world's eyes. But I, as I was studying, I found really four kind of core characteristics that you would say, if they have these four, then they would be considered a good leader. And so, and the four are this, if, if they're authentic, if they do what they say, if they're selfless, they put others first. If they have integrity, do they have standards? Do they, do, do they have integrity in their life? And the fourth one is, are they consistent? Are they wavering or are they true and steadfast? In the world, and by the world standards, they would say, here's a good leader. Well, then, okay, so Shane, answer me the question, how do I trust the leadership or why should I trust the G leadership of Jesus in my life? Because Jesus is all of these and more. Jesus is all of these, like the perfect example of these and so much more. 
So if I'm deciding, should I submit my life and follow the leadership of Jesus, first I'll ask the question, was he authentic? Is he authentic? Jesus did what he said. Jesus, even at his time here on earth, when he said something, he did it. I mean, read Mark 9, 30 with me here. Leaving the region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. He said this, and he did it. This right here is a bold statement, right? Because when Jesus says this, he's telling them, okay, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. But I will rise again. There's not a lot of wiggle room on the outcome of that. There's not a lot of like, okay, it didn't happen, let's wiggle it. No, it's either it happens or it didn't. And when Jesus goes to, he gets, goes to the cross and gives his life for us and humanity and then he's buried in the tomb, that countdown starts like, is he trustworthy? And then he conquers the grave and reveals himself to many and proves that he did what he said he would do. You can give your life and submit your life to Jesus because he's trustworthy and you can trust his word. You can trust his word. When he says something, he's gonna do it. Amen? Second reason why is that Jesus was selfless. That's a key. Um, If we would say in world's terms, being selfless is a good leader, Jesus was definitely selfless. Mark 10, 45 says this. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even God, Jesus, he leaves heaven, leaves the perfection of heaven, comes to earth and begins to serve people. And then is the ultimate act of service by giving his life for humanity. See, when it comes to Jesus and asking, can I trust his leadership, you can trust his actions because he did what he said he was gonna do. And he showed us how to live. I, I think sometimes we lose the magnitude of this. Jesus coming from heaven to earth and giving himself, like it says in this passage, is mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. That he was, self, he, 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 he was about us. He gave himself for us. The third one, Like you would say in the world's terms, integrity is important, right? Would everybody agree with that? Integrity is important in leadership. Well, when it comes to Jesus, I don't want to just say he had integrity. Jesus is integrity personified. He is integrity personified to the fullest extent. Because sometimes I think even our understanding of integrity can be morphed and, and wrong. If you actually know the actual Hebrew translation for the word integrity, it means this. The condition of being without blemish, complete perfection, and soundness, uprightness, and wholeness. Jesus is that. He was the spotless lamb who lived a perfect life. 
says this in uh, Hebrews 7, 28. He is the kind of high priest we need because he's holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Why should I submit my life and trust the leadership of Christ in my life? I can trust his holiness. I can trust that he was perfect in every way. And because of that, he's set apart. He's set apart and my life should be submitted to him. Number four, why should I trust and submit my life to Jesus? Jesus is consistent. Jesus is consistent. If you read scripture in Hebrews 13, eight, it even says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why should I submit my, I can trust his plan. I can trust that he, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not gonna change his plan that he started at the very beginning. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for, for his return that's gonna be awesome and powerful. We can trust that plan. It's interesting to me because not only does he have a plan, right? He told us the plan. He tells us the plan in scripture. He says, okay, here's the plan. And we have the opportunity to read and then find confidence in this plan of Christ Jesus. But most of the time we're just running around like, I would rather be scared. I, I, I know the plan's there, but I, I got my own assumptions. I got my own thoughts. We, the, if we want to become confident and begin to trust Jesus fully when we understand his plan and we understand his perfection and his unchanging ways, when we face trials, when we face hardships, when things in this world seem broken and messed up, we can hold true to we serve the one who has the plan. It has a, the plan that's going to get us through. But we have to Study the plan to understand the plan. I, I, I think this is one of the things that's hurting a lot of Christians. It's causing a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Is because we know a lot about Jesus from the outside. We've heard a lot of sermons. We've sang a lot of worship songs. But we have not dove into his word and connected in a real, personal, deep way. So when we say things like this, I trust the plan of Jesus. I submit my life to him. I can trust him as my leader because I trust his plan. We might not even know what the plan is. We want to trust it, but we don't know it. So we should trust Jesus as the leader of our life. Amen? If you're a Christ follower, that should be something you, I, I submit and I trust Jesus with my life. Now the question is, how do I live on this world as someone who follows and submits to leadership? Now let me just say this. We're about to dive into some stuff that might hurt a little. It might be hard. You might have questions. My, ugh, it's okay, that's good. My goal in this is to just stay as close to scripture as I can 
And for us to dive into the word and just be okay, let's have a conversation about some things. Because here's the truth. All of us in this room are following something. Following someone. We all have leaders. I know some of you are like, not me. I have my own company. You still have leaders. We all have things we're submitted to. We all have authorities. And how do I as a Christian, if I have given my life to Jesus, I've submitted my life to him, I'm trusting him as the leader of my life, then how do I act with earthly authority? How do I act? I think the best thing we can do is we look at the life of Jesus. We look at the life of Jesus and we take truth from this. And the first truth I found is this, that Jesus was a servant. Jesus was a servant. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the Son of Man came to not be served, but what? Serve. And to give his life. He was a servant. How do I submit and trust and follow leadership today? Is I live like Jesus. I, I, I serve and I dedicate my life to service to people around me. I have a servant's heart. I don't think of myself as, as too important to do things. That I, I, I'm, too, I'm too high up to serve. I'm, I, I, I got too much going on to do that. I want to read a verse about this. Listen to this in Galatians 6.3. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. Now listen to this last line. Hey, it's the Bible, not me, okay? You are not that important. That's in the Bible. You are not that important. If you think of yourself as too big or too high up to have a servant's heart, to submit and to follow, you're fooling yourself. You follow the example of Christ who lowered himself from heaven and took the position of a servant. If God of the universe can lower and be a foot washer and give of himself, who are we to say that's beneath me? Who are we to say I can't do that? Who are we to say I don't have time? Who are we to say that I don't think I should? Here's the truth. If, if we follow God's example, our life should be a life of service. So how do we follow leadership today? We have a servant's mindset. And this goes against culture, right? Right? Like there's not a lot of people out there who are living this way. We live in a world that you gotta get what you gotta get. You gotta be the top dog. You gotta, no matter what happens, you gotta get ahead. When I study scripture, I'm called to serve. That's my posture. Second thing is this. As a follower today, we need to lean into wisdom and guidance. We need to lean into wisdom and guidance. We should not just be following blindly. We should not just be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna get in line and go. I'm not saying that. We should be leaning in and asking Christ for wisdom and guidance, because First Corinthians, I mean, sorry, yeah, First Corinthians 1.30 paints a picture of Christ and his wisdom. It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from our sin. We should listen to Jesus, not the world. I'll even say it this way. 
We should seek the wisdom of Christ over our wisdom. We should seek the guidance of Christ over others' guidance. How do we do this in today's? We seek his wisdom and we seek his guidance through relationship through him, through study, and we listen. Here's the thing I see all the time. I'm no joke. Hey, I feel like God's calling me to do this, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what should I do? Oh, you should get into scripture. Does it align with scripture? You should get around people and ask them to speak into it. We should always be seeking more wisdom and more guidance that goes outside of our own earthly understanding. I just want to share a story with you about this. Because oftentimes when you seek the wisdom and guidance of Christ, it will lead you in places that doesn't make sense to the world, right? It just doesn't make sense because it doesn't fit in this world. I had a time a long time ago where I was working at a job. It was just, it was hard. Hard place to work. And I was at the end, like, I was like, I was ready to just go. I had everyone around me saying, you should go, you should get out. It's, you're not being treated fair, you're not, all these things. And I was like ready to go. And like right at the end, I'm like, okay, I should probably pray about this. I, I go to God and I pray for his wisdom in this situation. Guidance. I say, should I leave? Should I go? And I heard very clearly, no. Stay. And I will tell you this, what God did in me through that season has radically changed my life forever. Organization was changed. I was changed. Because I chose to listen to the wisdom of God even over my own feelings, even over my own desires. The third one is this. We practice sacrificial love. Sacrificial love, 1 John 4, 10 says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We remember that Christ saved us despite ourselves. Christ saved us despite our rebellion. Christ saved us despite our failures. Christ saved us in the midst of just mistake after mistake after mistake. And as a follower of him, I should practice sacrificial love that is not based on what someone gives me or does for me, but comes from a pure place of love that Christ has put in me to spread out to the world. That it's not like if they earn this, if they do this right, if they say the right things, if they give me the right promotion, then I'll love them. No, I'm gonna love them even if they hate me. I'm gonna choose to sacrifice and to love them even if they are against me because that's what my Savior did and I'm just trying to live like him. That's what, we, as Christians, this is how we should live our life. Now I know there's a question going around right now in your head. But Shane, what do I do if there's leadership I don't trust? What do I do? I mean, let's be honest. Has any of us in here ever been in a place where you've had leadership in your life, in your jobs that you didn't trust? Looking for all the grace employees, make sure no hands are going up. <laughs> okay, good, good. Truth is, we're going to have situations where we have hard leadership and Decisions that are made that we disagree with. We're going to have times where we're treated wrong or passed over or overlooked. We're going to have times where 
things are made, uh, decisions are made that we just fundamentally disagree with. What do I do? What do I do if I don't trust him? Well, first, I read Romans 13.1. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by who? God. I remind myself that God is over all things. They might be doing things different than I would. They might be making mistakes. They might be going the wrong way. I remind myself that God is over them. That he's not surprised by that. He's not so up in heaven saying like, oh my gosh, that leader. What am I gonna do? He's over them. He has a plan. He's placed them there. And, and I have to hold true, and I know that's hard to wrestle with. But it's true. That God is not surprised by any of this. And we are called as a follower of him to act differently than the world when it comes to leadership that even we disagree with. What else do we do? When we have leadership we don't trust, we pray for them. We pray for them. And we don't pray for their destruction. <laughs> Some are like, yeah, I pray all the time. I pray for my boss every day. <laughs> we don't pray like that. We pray that Christ would radically touch their life. We pray for blessings on them to lead to them seeing the fruitfulness of Christ. We pray for redemption. We pray for safety. We pray these things with an authentic heart. And I know some of you are like, but Shane, you don't get how mean they are. Pray for them. You don't get how many mistakes they've made. Pray for them. You don't get how like, horrible they are. And they're just, they're the worst. And they, they don't even like love God. Pray for them. It's how we're called to live as Christians. We serve the one who's the ultimate authority and ultimate judge. The only thing we can do when faced with trials and people we don't trust is just pray for them that God would radically work in them. We stop praying for them, for their demise, and we stop praying that they would see their way. You know, we, we just gotta pray. I ask myself this question all the time because I'm a very opinionated person. If you, know, if you know me, you know that. I ask myself this question all the time. Does, does my prayer life outweigh my opinions? Or is it the other way around? And I take it one step further. Does my opinions shape my prayer life? Does my opinions of people and authorities and power and structures, does my opinions shape my prayers? Or do my prayers begin to shape my opinions? That's where we want to get to. Amen? We pray for them. Here's the, here's the kicker. We stand in the gap for them. We stand in the gap for them. Just as Christ did with the woman caught in adultery. Stood in the gap. Stood in the gap. What I, what I mean by stand in the gap is we stop talking about them behind their back. We, we stop 
the rumor mill when we hear it. We stop the complaining. We stop the spear throwing at them. We stop the anger towards them. We stop the resentment. And we begin to see ourselves as a Christian who is practicing sacrificial love. And we stand in the gap when no one else would, just like Jesus did. I love that verse because Jesus stands in the gap for her when everyone's coming. They say, Jesus, what should we do to her? Your law (laughs) says we should kill her. Right? She was caught in adultery. He stands in the gap and he writes some, some stuff in the ground. We don't have the privilege of seeing what that is. But he writes this and they begin to leave one by one by one. And then what Jesus says is, okay, who's here to condemn you? No one? No, this is a, now go leave your life of sin. Guys, when we have leadership in our country, in our world, in our life, our personal life, that we, we're just, we, we can't trust, we can't get behind. If we are not praying for them, and we are not living like Jesus for them, we're off track. We have to be Christians who believe the stuff in Scripture that's even hard sometimes, right? Like, this is hard. But this is how my Savior tells me to live. So I'm going to choose to trust it and submit to it. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we love you, and we praise you. Thank you for today. I pray that you would just work in us this week, that you'd give us situations to practice or challenge ourselves in, that you would just pull us closer to you. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name. Amen.